Let's pray together. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Understanding there are about 100 to 500 billion galaxies. Understanding how big this world is and how small we are. That he holds the stars in his place with his hands. Yet God humbles himself to hear our whispers, the prayers, the cries of our hearts. With that, with our eyes closed, as we're in this presence right now, in this atmosphere, we're going to just go ahead and sing the chorus of the song that we just sang. Even when I can't see God's bigger plan, when I'm stumbling in trials, and trials we go through every single day. Some big, some small, but each day is a day of test, a day of blessing, but days of trials. But when we still say, I still know that my life belongs to Him, that every day He helps me to endure. Isn't that what life's all about? It's about enduring every single day, living every single day, with the best that we can give to God. For it's about Him. It's not about us. So with that, just with our voices, the praise team, can we just all sing together that part? Even when I can't see God's bigger plan. Let's sing together. Even when I can see God's bigger plan when I am stumbling in trials, even when I can't see, even when I can see God's bigger plan, when I am stumbling in trials. belongs to him every day he helps me to endure just the voices even when I can see God's bigger plan when I am stumbling in trials I still know that my life belongs to Him. Every day 
He helps me to endure. So God, we make that faith right now. We take a step of faith and declare that God, that I will endure. No matter what I'm going through right now at this moment, I will endure. No matter what I'm feeling at this moment, I will choose today to lift up my hands and worship. No matter how guilty I feel, no matter how shameful I feel, no matter how unworthy I feel before your presence, I will look to you. For it is because of the cross that I'm able to stand before your presence right now and to worship you. Without the working of the cross, without the death and the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, I have no life. I have no hope. I do not have the confidence or the courage, God, to lift up my voice and to praise you and to worship you here today. So God, as we transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, of the listeners here in this place, that will be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, that God, that we will look to you, God, our rock and our redeemer, that we will not hold on to our feelings or our emotions, but may we declare right now, make that declaration right now to make that choice today to worship you. Have your way with us, God, at this time. We give you our hearts. We give you our lives. For God, in you, there's refuge. And in you, there's salvation. In you, there's redemption. In you, there's hope. So God, we look to you, God, at this time. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. We love you. We love you. I love you, God. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, Lord. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. We are now in Job series part 12. And, the, and today's title, the message is called, When I Feel Guilty and My Feelings of Guilt Are Too Great. Please repeat after me. Let's say, when I, when I feel guilty. Let's go to today's main passage. It's found in Job chapter 23, verse 10 through 12. Okay, in this passage it says this. Job, he says, but he knows the way that I take. We could also say taken in the past. When he has tested, in other translations, it says tried me. I will come forth as gold. Verse 11, my feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. And this passage here reminds me of Psalm 139, where it says, But he knows the way I take, where it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And the word is no. You know when I sit, when I rise. You yada when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. And as Christians, we must know these three things. Number one, we must know who God is. Number two, we must know who we are in God. And number three, we must know whose we are in Christ. I'll say it again. You must know who God is. You must know whose we are. You must know who we are in Christ. And as true believers in Christ, I have three points for us. Before we do our, ma our, our points, please add, as true believers in Christ. Number one is this. 
My sins are forgiven. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, My sins are forgiven. Let's look at verse 10. But he knows the way that I take, taken. When he has tested, when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. And when I say this, I'm saying that God knows all of your ways. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows everything. He knows how easy it is for us to fall in sin. But the truth is that we must never lose heart. Never lose heart when you fall in sin. For through and in Jesus Christ, we will come forth as gold, as Job says. That we will come forth as gold. He knows the way I take. He knows the good and the bad. He knows the sins that we commit. He knows everything. After we have been tested, Job says, I will come forth as gold. And as Christians, we will also come, come forth as gold. How? Because of Jesus Christ. Through the blood that was shed for us, through the death and the resurrection of the cross, because of the cross, we can come forth as gold. If I, was, if I were to be left alone, if God were to judge me according to my works, the works that I've done on this earth, in this one life that I lived, the times when I went to missions, the times when I prayed during the retreat, the times when I helped someone with the homeless, or something, a good deed, something when no one has seen, no matter what you have done, it says without the love, 1 Corinthians 13, without the love of Christ, if you don't have the love of God, if you don't have Jesus Christ as our mediator, it will be garbage. But it is because of Jesus Christ we will come forth as gold. And when I say you will come forth as gold, it means that your sins are forgiven. How? Because of the cross. The truth is we will all fall short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 tells us that we all fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned, have, have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We all fall short of God's glory. And that's, the, that's a fact. And it says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through what? Through faith. We have peace with God. Before there was division, there was a bridge, a gap between me and God. We have, we have peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into, the, into this grace in which we now stand. Where do you stand right now at this moment as you're sitting here in your seat? On this very day, September 6th, 2020. On this Sunday, where do you stand? Are you standing on grace or are you standing on your feelings and how you feel about yourself? Right now, what you're feeling right now is maybe you feel guilty. I feel too guilty to be here, God. But I pray that we will stand on God's grace right now, on the grace of Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Next passage, Romans 5, a few verses later, 6 through 11. I would like for us to read it together. It's up on the screen. Ready? One, two, three.
Amen. Romans 8, 1. Let's read it together. Ready? 1, 2, 3. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. For those who belong to Jesus Christ, for those who believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for those who believe that Jesus Christ is their mediator and is your Savior, it's promised here Romans 8.1. Again, Romans chapter 8 is the hallmark of the, all of the New Testament. If you had one chapter to bring, if you, go, if you were to go to North Korea, missions, or wherever, Romans 8 has everything. And Romans 8, right away in verse 1, it begins with this. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise God. That no matter how guilty you feel right now at this moment, no matter what sins you feel like you've committed at this, at this time or this week or this past month, there is no condemnation for those who belong, who are in Christ Jesus. What is the definition of condemnation? The definition of condemnation is this. It's strong disapproval. That's the definition of condemnation. So when we feel condemned by God, that means I feel a strong disapproval from God, that I feel that I am disapproved by God, that somehow I am disconnected from God, that God is far away and that he is angry with me, that he disapproves of me, he disapproves of my actions, my thoughts, my words, my deeds, who I am, that he is far from me. But we are no, we're no longer condemned. We are no longer disapproved. We are joined with him because of the grace in which we now stand. And it's found in Jesus Christ. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise be to God. And it's because of Jesus Christ. It's all because of the cross. I'm able to enter his throne with humility and with thanksgiving. So again, what was number one? As true believers in Christ, my sins are forgiven. I will come forth as gold. Amen and amen. Leading to point number two. As true believers in Christ... I have confidence to stand up to others' accusations. I'll say it again. I have confidence to stand up to others' accusations. As Christians, we'll be judged harshly. People will see us, and we will be, we'll, because we'll, we have no choice but to live to a higher standard. A lot of times we'll hear the word hypocrite. You're living a double life. But as Christians and as Job here, he is confident in who he is. Even when his friends were accusing him, he stood in, in who he was. Again, in the beginning, what did I say? It's about who God is, whose we are, and who we are in Christ. He knew his identity in God. He had confidence to stand up to people's and to others' accusations. Let's take a look at verse 11 and 12. My feet have closely followed his steps. 
I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I mean, look at the confidence of Job. The confidence I had was that he followed closely in the steps of God. That he did not waver. He had kept his way without turning aside. He has not departed from the commands of God. God's commands. It's not the law, the physical law, but it's about the law of the heart, the spirit. The spiritual letter, not the physical letter. He had confidence that he lived a life of integrity. He's saying, I have confidence to stand up. As Christians, we must have confidence to stand up to people's accusations and also my doubting feelings, the guilty conscience that I have. You must be able to stand up against these things. You know, truth to be told, Jesus was also accused. Jesus was also condemned. He was also accused by people, the people that he was ministering to, especially the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. It says, Jesus, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. And how does Jesus respond? Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And he calls them, you brutal vipers, How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus, he stands up against these individuals who are accusing him. They're saying, Jesus, you're part of the Satan kingdom. It's through the devil that you're able to do these miraculous work. But Jesus says, hush. For out of the evil, the person speaks. And he stands up for what is right. Take a look at verse 11 and 12 again. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. Can we sit here and with confidence stand up and make these talk that Job did here in this this passage in verse 11 and 12? the statement that he made, can we also as Christians, can we make these statements with confidence? Do we have the confidence to say, my feet have closely followed you, Jesus. I have kept your way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of your lips. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy 1.7. And I would like for us to read together here. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. For the spirit that we have, the spirit that God has given us, it does not make us timid. It means a spirit of fear and timidity. But he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline meaning self-control. How much more? We, Job did not have Christ. He didn't know Christ at that time, during that season, during that time period. They say Job was written maybe in the time of Genesis when Abraham was still alive. It's kind of cool, right? Like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you see like two different like uh, DC hero or like a Marvel hero and they're like coexisting together, right? Abraham, he's an amazing character. 
right? He's the father of our faith, right? He's known as the one who began, who stepped into the wilderness to follow God. And as Christians, how much more? How much more can we serve God with confidence and with courage? Because he lives in us, for he is with us. So again, 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1.8, next verse, it says, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me, either even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. We must never be ashamed. We must be confident when others accuse us and stand up for righteousness. That when people accuse us, that when people accuse you, that equals suffering. It's hard. It is difficult, I know, but it's not really. Because in Christ, we can overcome everything. Because suffering is normal for the Christian life. I'll say that again. Suffering is normal for the Christian life. It's a normal thing. Whoever teaches you that suffering is not part of the Christian life, that Christian life is all about joy, and it is about joy, but never about the trials. It's about finding joy in the trials. It's about having joy in your suffering. Suffering is normal for the Christian life. Suffering is absolutely necessary for the Christian faith. If there was no suffering in my life, I would not have, I would not, we would not have the need to draw ourselves closer to God, to draw ourselves closer to Him. Even for me, when I reflect back in my life, even in my past, when I think about my testimony, the closest encounter that I've had with God was a time of my suffering, was a time of my trials, was a time of my loneliness, the season of my loneliness when people weren't near me. That's when God drew himself closer to me and I drew closer to God when I was all alone. You have to understand, suffering, trial is a normal thing. And we see it all throughout scripture about suffering, how God uses suffering to bring his people closer to his heart. Let's take a look at what Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. What does he say here? You, however, Paul is speaking, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. He's saying, you know me. You know what I went through. You saw me. You saw with your very eyes. What does he say? Yet, the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. Can we all read verse 12? Can we, with, uh, in, in unison, can we read it together? Ready? One, two, just verse 12. Ready? One, two, three. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If Paul, the greatest missionary in all of history, if he was persecuted, then what makes you think that you and I 
are excused from persecutions and sufferings. Of course, we will go through sufferings and trials and persecutions because we are standing with Christ. Even look at Jesus Christ, accused, persecuted, spat on, rejected. And he was the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We must understand that as Christians, suffering is normal. We have to stop this talk about being a Christian is so easy. And it is easy in a sense that we are yoked with Christ and it's Jesus Christ who strengthens us. But it's also at the same time, it is hard. But it's easy. Especially when people accuse you. No problem. Because Paul was accused. Jesus was accused. Job was accused. And that's part of the normal Christian life. It goes on in the scriptures. You see it all throughout. Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Sometimes when we, when we go through suffering, we run away. But it's about coming back. And this psalm, Psalm 119, verse 67, this psalmist, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. It's about coming back like the prodigal son. The prodigal son went away. He went through suffering. Even though it was his mistake, he made that deliberate choice, that decision to run away from his father's house. But he eventually came back. It's about coming back. Psalm 119, a few verses later, 71. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Suffering helps us to draw closer to the heart of God. And it must lead us closer to his heart. Romans 8.15, and I would like for us to read together. And this is the last scripture for this point. Ready? One, two, three. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit received brought you your adoption to sonship. And by him, you cry, Abba, Father. And praise be to God that through him that we are adopted into his kingdom. And that through our suffering, that we were bought through Jesus Christ, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we no longer need to live in fear again. That when people accuse us, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing in this life that should scare us other than the wrath of God. Do not be afraid of the one who can hurt you, your physical body, but be afraid of the one who can destroy your body and your soul. And that is God. Jesus Christ is our only hope, our only mediator. So again, I have confidence to stand up to others' accusations. And here in this passage in Romans 8.15, adoption. Adoption means that it's a process whereby a person assumes the parenting of another, usually a child from that person's biological or legal parent or parents. Legal adoptions permanently transfer all rights and responsibilities along with affiliation from the biological parent or parents from Wikipedia. That's the definition that we have been adopted into his kingdom. Adoption means, in theology, it means that act of divine grace by which through Christ, 
Those who have been justified are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. Again, adoption to sonship to daughtership. And by him we cry out, Abba, Father. And when we have that, we have the privilege of not living in fear. There's nothing that we should be afraid of. Especially the words of people when they accuse you. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Let it bounce off of you. Only allow the word of God be a sponge to your heart. The rest, let it be squeezed out. It's nothing. As Job says, what does he say in verse 11 and 12? My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. Amen and amen. Which leads to my last point, point number three. God is forever greater than my feelings. As true believers in Christ, God is forever greater than my feelings. Let's take a look at verse 12. What does Job say here at the end? He says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Say it again. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. What this here is saying is God is forever greater than my emotions. God is forever greater than my possessions. God is forever greater than all of my relationships. God is forever greater than the things that you need, the things that you want in this life, the family that you desire to have, the, the job that you desire to have, or the, or the money that you desire to have is greater than all those things, all those temporary things, that God is greater than my daily bread. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread, meaning God is forever greater than my emotions, what I'm feeling right now. First John chapter 3, verse 20 says this, If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. And when it says hearts, it's talking about feelings, how we feel about ourselves. And he knows everything. What is the definition of feeling? Feeling, by definition, it means an emotional state or reaction. It's the capacity to respond emotionally. Emotion, it means a state of feeling. A lot of times we come to church and we base our faith and our worship based on how I feel. What I feel today. And Satan knows how weak we are when it comes to our feelings and our emotions. That's why Satan attacks our emotions. And we are so susceptible as human beings in following our feelings and our emotions. We say things like, oh, I am not that sensitive. I'm not a sensitive person. I don't get hurt easily. Lies. We all get hurt by words. If you don't get hurt by the things people say to you, it means your heart has become too hardened, and that's not good either. There has to be a, 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 a healthy balance in how we handle our emotions. I'm not saying emotions are bad. Emotions are good. When you're in a funeral, if you don't cry, then there's something missing. There's something wrong with the emotions that we're feeling. They say things, boys don't cry. Real men don't cry. That is an absolute lie. 
As human beings, we feel emotions all the time. Every single day, it's a battle, fight against our emotions, battle against the battle of the mind. Emotion is absolutely, is absolutely necessary. But at the same time, we cannot allow our emotions to dictate our actions. You cannot allow the emotion that you're feeling of fear or guilt to dictate your worship to God. Because then you're putting your emotions above God. And imagine if God was an emotional God. If God was fickle. One day he just wakes up and he's like, oh, you know, I feel kind of cranky and angry today. Oh, how can we stand? But God, he promises us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says according to Hebrews 13.8. That he does not change like shifting shadows that tells us in James chapter 1. That he is consistent, that he is constant. That no matter where you are, that we must allow our faith to dictate our actions. You know, a long time ago I did a sermon titled, Do Not Follow Your Heart, Lead Your Heart. And I still stand to this day how much I believe in those words. People say things, follow your gut, follow your feelings, follow your heart. Oh, Jeremiah 17 tells us that your heart is deceitful above all else, that is wicked and beyond cure. Your heart cannot be saved. Jeremiah 17, 9, who can understand it? Your heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand your heart? Do not follow your feelings. Do not follow your heart, but lead your heart to go in the right direction. Choose today to worship God. Choose today to worship Him, no matter what you're feeling at this time, no matter how guilty you feel at this time. Know that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we understand what God told Moses in Exodus, I am who I am. I am. I am means he is all things. If someone were to say I am, I mean, it's crazy how much pride and nonsense they have. Like, my name is I am. I am, smack. (laughs) But God, he is I am. I am who I am. There is no one who is equal to God. Therefore, he deserves our praise. Faith over our emotions. Amen? Faith over your emotions. Make that choice today to choose him. Choose him. Choose him. Choose him. Worship him. Make that choice today to worship him. Choose to honor him. Choose to praise him. Choose to lift up your hands. Even if you're too tired, maybe you're too tired from that workout or too tired, you didn't get enough sleep. It doesn't matter. You're not faking it. It's about you choosing God over yourself. It's about you realizing that I am here today. It's not, I'm not here for myself, for my own feelings, or for my own glory. But I'm here, God, for your glory. I'm here to worship you and you alone, and you deserve all of my praise. No matter what I'm feeling right now, for emotions come and go. Your emotions, it plays tricks on you. You cannot trust the feelings that you have. For you will eventually regret later if you make a choice based on your feelings. But always make that choice by the faith that you have in our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Again, number one, as true believers in Christ, my sins are forgiven. Number two, I have confidence to stand up to others' accusations. Oh, you will go through accusations. People will wrongly assume about you, what's going through. They will judge you and they will say things to you and about you behind closed doors. But be confident like Job to stand up. And number three, God is forever greater than my feelings. Amen and amen. And I'm closing with this. closing with these two scriptures now before we close our eyes I would like for us to reflect on these two passages and these two passages was in my heart and I wanted to close with this Romans 5 through 5 tells us this and it's not on the screen let's leave the lights but if you could just you could close your eyes with me actually and just listen to the words that's found here in Romans 5 and in 1 Peter chapter 1. Romans 5 tells us this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Pay attention again and how powerful these words are. And these words are for those people who are lost in their emotions right now. When you say things, I feel guilty. I feel too guilty. This is for those when those feelings of guilt are too great. Listen to this. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You may feel hopeless right now, but the scripture tells us that in your hopelessness, that there is hope. And this hope is found in Jesus Christ. And this hope does not put you to shame. This hope does not put you to guilt. This hope does not bring you down, but it lifts you up because God's love has been poured out into your heart. Do you know who lives in you? The Holy Spirit is in you. The love of Jesus Christ is in you. It's been given to us freely. It was a gift that was given through the cross of Jesus Christ. Who are we? How dare we to place our feelings above who God is, upon the truth of God? First Peter 1, 6-9 tells us this. In all this you greatly rejoice, 
Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Just like Job, as every other Christian who had lived in history and who are living right now in the present, understand this, that suffering draws us closer to the heart of God. Suffering have come, has come to prove the genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. To prove the genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold. Just like Job said, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. So right now, with our eyes closed, I want to invite you to pray. If there's any lingering sin or guilt or shame that you're feeling right now that is still lingering to this day, let's offer it to God. Let's lay it at His feet. Let's make that decision right now to put faith over your emotions. Let's make that choice right now to put the Word of God above whatever I am feeling at this very moment. Let's come together right now as a body of Christ and as an individual, as a child of God. Let's surrender our hearts to Him. For our hearts are deceitful beyond measure. It is beyond cure. It is deceitful and it is evil beyond cure. Do not trust your heart, but lead your heart to Christ right now at this time. Know that you are forgiven. Know that there is redemption in Christ. Humble yourselves right now and cry out to Him, and He will come to our rescue. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, right now. Oh, God, when I feel guilty, when my feelings of guilt is too great, God, I look upon your word, I look upon the truth, the word of God. Oh, God, when I feel lost and tired and weary, God, you are greater than my feelings. You are greater than, God, my shame. Oh, God, I look to you, God, at this time. Lord, we humble ourselves right now. We humble ourselves right now. We repent. Repentance isn't just the word that we speak. Isn't the words that we say. But it's about the change and the direction that we are going. 
Oh God, I change my direction right now. I choose today to live for you and to turn to you as the prodigal son. God, when I once made a foolish choice, a foolish decision to run away from you, oh God. God, you're always there waiting for me to bring me back home, to bring me back into your loving arms. So God, we turn back to you, God, at this time. We choose today to worship you. We choose today to put you first. I choose today to lift up my hands and worship. I choose today to go on my knees and to pray to you, oh God. For God, you are greater than my feelings. You are greater than my emotions. Oh God, I look to you, God, at this time. God, for some of us, God, our hearts have become too hardened. It has become calloused. And God, we don't feel the Spirit of God moving anymore. Oh God, come and move us. Move us, God, help us to feel you once again. To feel the presence of God once again. And even when we do not feel, oh God, it's about knowing. It's about having the faith. It's about having the blind faith to trust in you with all of our hearts. And to know that, God, you are near. Even when I don't feel. It's all about you. It's all about you. Come and have your way. I just make that choice today to worship you and to praise you today. To praise you with all of my To give you all the praises. Come and have your way here in this place. Touch us. Transform us. Lead us, oh Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, when I feel guilty, when my, when my feelings of guilt are too great within me, when I am not able to forgive myself, even though, God, I know deep inside that, God, that you have forgiven me, sometimes, God, we get lost in our feelings, and, God, we have trouble forgiving ourselves who are we to put ourselves first that's like us saying God my feelings are greater than you who am I to put my emotions before you oh God when you say God to me God all is forgiven that I will choose to remember your sins no more then it is done no more no less but God sometimes God our feelings are too great and our feelings of guilt are too great within us, oh God. Help us to forgive ourselves. For God, you have already forgiven us. So God, we turn to you, God, at this time. 
with confidence, with courage, with the assurance and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And it is because of Jesus Christ I am able to pray to you. I am able to preach. I am able to sing songs of worship. I am able to praise you with a heart of thanksgiving. For without you, God, everything is in vain. Everything is garbage. There's nothing, God, we can do to come close to your holy throne. For God, you are a holy God, and I'm a wicked individual full of sin. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, our mediator, who came to our rescue. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that has been shed for us to give us access so that we could stand on grace. And on grace we stand. We look to you, God, at this time. We thank you for the prayers and all the words and the songs and the praises that we were able to worship you today and say to you today. We thank you for the honor and the privilege of being adopted into your kingdom. Thank you for taking me up in as your own. Thank you, God, that I am no longer an orphan in this world, but God, I belong to the family of Christ. For you love me, and you died for me so that I can have life. Watch over our members, for those who are not here, for those who are not able to make it. I pray, God, you would comfort them. I pray, God, that you would protect them. I pray for the students. I pray, God, you fill them with your wisdom. Not earthly wisdom, but wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. May we live a godly life. A life that honors you. Not a life that is honored by this world. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So that we may be able to know your perfect will your good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. May we stand with you forever. Let us run this race faithfully and to hold tight and hold you tightly in our trials and our sufferings as Job did. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen.